Hello, my name is Lynn and I am your host of the Beauty Muse podcast, which is where we talk about anything skincare, health and wellness related, as well as the business side of beauty. I will be speaking with experts in their field and share their story behind the story to hopefully provide you with some great takeaways and newfound inspiration. If you like this podcast, please be sure to leave it a review and follow along for new episodes. The month of June is all about acne awareness, which is why today is a special episode that is close to my heart, but also to my two guests, Natalie and Gemma. They are fellow founders of skincare brands Deviant Skincare and Lunea, and have also struggled with skin conditions like acne throughout their lives. We have therefore collaborated and created a few special bundles that are available for a limited time only, which we will tell you about during this episode. We're also chatting today about all things skin, acne, and advice for other aspiring founders. So Gemma, Natalie, welcome to the Beauty Muse podcast. Hello, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And I was just saying earlier, I've never done this with two guests, so um, it's going to be lots of fun. But firstly, Gemma. Can you tell us about your background and introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm really pleased to be on the podcast today with yourself and Natalie. Um, Yeah, so how I kind of got into Lunea. So I launched Lunea two years ago, um, and it's really as a way of helping others to achieve their skin wellness and find their best skin. Um, But even though that was only two years ago, it's sort of been two decades in the making, really. So sort of rewinding straight back to my early teens, uh, I grew up in the north of England in a county called Cheshire. I went to a pretty traditional school where most of the accepted or expected careers were things like lawyers or doctors, so pretty traditional. So I'd never heard of anything that might be as exciting as within the beauty industry. Um, but by chance, I actually came across a fashion buyer that so kind of opened up my eyes to a new world and always been interested in beauty and everything so ended up um, going to university having the obligatory gap year which was amazing did lots of traveling Um, and then yeah I actually became a beauty buyer so worked as a beauty buyer throughout my 20s and then alongside this um, sort of alongside the professional career route um, I'd always had Uh, experience like skin issues for example Um, so basically I've always been very blemish prone so sort of from my early teens it started uh, oily skin um, a lot situated around like the jawline and also on my back and chest as well and you know it was never sort of significant enough to seek support from a dermatologist for example but it was very persistent throughout my teens and then even throughout my 20s um, so basically kind of had this amazing career, but I'd always had this itch that I wanted to scratch around creating a brand to help other people. Um, and basically when I hit 30, I actually got diagnosed with something called uh, PCOS, which is polycystic ovaries. So this is like a hormonal like endocrine um, issue, essentially. Um, and it basically means that you've got imbalanced hormones and that manifests itself in different ways, one of which is um, struggling with acne. So everything sort of slotted into place. Um, and I think having that diagnosis in conjunction with my experience within beauty and my like real passion for beauty, I kind of got to a point where I was like, actually, 
I've sort of found my purpose in life at the age of 30. Here we go. Um, and so basically decided to create a brand, which is how we've ended up with Lunea. Um, and the rest is history, as they say. Ooh, super exciting. Um, and we're going to for sure talk about your skin journey a bit more later on. Um, and then Natalie, tell us about your background and introduce yourself to the audience. So I grew up in a very small seaside town um, called Morecambe. It's sort of like Blackpool, but maybe a little bit worse. <laughs> um, and sort of went the very typical route of school, um, sixth form and university. And I kind of um, I went to Manchester University. It was amazing to kind of move somewhere um, that was like obviously a city, a little bit busier, so much more multicultural. Um, and just really enjoyed the uni experience. Um, I studied history at, at Manchester, so completely unrelated to what I do now. Um, but I was sort of like the first in my family to go to uni. So like you don't really get told what to kind of do. You just kind of do what subject you were maybe good at at school. Or at least that's kind of the route that I went down. Um, and it was at that point that I started getting really interested in skincare because um when I'd got into university, my skin just um, went haywire, uh, whether it was like the alcohol or the food, I'm not sure what it was, maybe it's just a lifestyle. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of when I really started getting interested into skincare and, and sort of, I sort of almost found it a struggle at university because I felt no longer interested in what I was doing and like I was super hyper fixated on learning about skin um, and as soon as I finished uni, we sort of unintentionally launched Deviant with one product, um, sort of completely self-funded. It was, I was working like a part-time job at an architectural firm as like an office assistant um, and then doing Deviant skincare on the side. Um, so yeah, I sort of had no background in beauty before this and it was essentially other than the six months at the, at the architectural firm was like my first foray into the professional world okay wow super interesting and um definitely interesting as well that you studied uh, history and then moved into something completely different but I feel like it's also hard to know when you go to university to know exactly where you're going to go next right of course you know you're what 16 17 when you make those choices um how are you supposed to know at that point yeah you know what you want to do yeah and it's my my story is a bit similar as well um and I'll tell you and kind of introduce myself to the audience um I suppose I grew up in Amsterdam I was born and raised there I have uh three younger brothers and I actually studied a couple different things and then ended also in the beauty space uh completely unrelated so I studied hospitality management which I did abroad um, in Switzerland. And then uh, after living there for a few years and doing a couple internships abroad as well. So I lived in Spain, I lived in New York. I wanted to come to London and I did my master's here in fashion and luxury brand management. And then um, during this period, my skin was super inflamed, uh, dealt with a lot of cystic acne, uh, which not only mentally was really hard, but also uh, very difficult to not be able to find a solution for it. So it's super, super stubborn. And um, yeah, throughout my study, similar to Natalie as well, probably as Gemma, 
I, I, my skin was so inflamed. So as I kind of came towards the end of my master's degree, my skin also started to clear up and I finally started to get a handle of it and have an understanding of what worked and what didn't work. And yeah, was really inspired to create a skincare line for people with similar skin. So um, I think this is a nice segue actually to talk a little bit more about our skin journeys in depth. So um, yeah. yeah, maybe Gemma, you can start. When when did your skin start to become inflamed and what was that like? And you can go into detail as much as you like. Um, how did how long did it take to get a handle on it and clear it up? I would love to yeah. know more about your journey. Thank you. Um, I think my journey is probably slightly different to yours and Natalie's, just from hearing a snippet of what you've both said, um, in that I basically um, started to experience blemish-prone skin probably from my early teens, so sort of 12 or 13, as the hormones started to kick in. Um, And always, uh, you know, that was always quite persistent throughout my teens and into my 20s. I think, obviously... In terms of like my skin journey and the areas that I was concerned about, that that probably did fluctuate across that time period because we're talking about probably from my early teens right up until like the end of my twenties that I've experienced those different um, sort of skin concerns. Um, so it sort of did evolve um, as with life stage and everything, and I definitely would echo what you both said around like changes in life stage around like going to university because I think that definitely had um you know that introduced a lot of different aspects that can affect your skin like stress but also um looking back on it um obviously you know we all know what it's like at university your lifestyle isn't necessarily the most healthy you know I was drinking like well I hardly drink at all anymore but obviously at university you know that is part of the culture so obviously a lot of alcoholic drinks are full of sugar and you know I think in hindsight that definitely had a really big impact on my skin so I've always had like oily combination um with you know experiencing things like blackheads but my sort of acne I'd I'd sort of say it wasn't extreme acne but it was definitely sort of mild to moderate and it fluctuated um but it was very much concentrated around the jawline the neck some on my chest and back as well as well as having like the um different like oily combination uh characteristics like blackheads and congestion um and actually anything around your jawline is usually a big indicator that it's hormonal acne which I didn't really realize at the time but then when I hit my 30s I was actually diagnosed with something called polycystic ovaries which is like a hormonal uh, endocrine disorder, um, which basically just means that your hormones aren't balanced. And that can be caused by loads of things, um, including like um, stress, sleep, um, obviously diet in terms of like sugar and gluten and all that sort of stuff. So that's really when I started to actually get an interest in skincare properly, I would say. Up until that point, especially being a beauty buyer, I was really into like makeup. So I was very much into like covering up the problem rather than like trying to address the actual root cause of the issue. And then I think once I got that diagnosis and started to understand like how my whole body was working together, that's really when I got into skincare as such. Um, So I'm probably disclosing my age a bit here, aren't I? I'm like mid to late 30s, but... (laughs) um yeah that that's sort of my journey so I think it's probably slightly different to you guys but it's just 
I just think the world of skincare is so interesting because it really is a bit of a, a window into other areas of your lifestyle. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And for you, Natalie, how was your? What was your skin journey like? Honestly, Gemma, it is identical to mine. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I said um, at uni it flared up, but I started experiencing breakouts at like 11, 12, basically as soon as I went to high school. Um, and it was very like typical breakouts in the T-zone, sort of um, a lot of clogged pores on the forehead. Um, and I would also get really bad cystic breakouts. Like I, I recall once having like this huge spot on my nose that had like five heads on it and it was there for like months um and it was I will classify it as kind of like mild but persistent so if I had gone to a doctor at this point I don't think that they would have prescribed me anything I think they would just have you know it wouldn't have been severe enough to consider something like antibiotics or Roaccutane um but I essentially didn't really try to treat the issue at that age it was more about covering up like I used to layer like three different foundations and and that sort of carried on for years even if my skin was going through like a good phase um I'd still kept that sort of super high coverage with me and I feel like that um really impacted my relationship with my skin even when it was kind of you know considered good by beauty standards but it was it was just persistent I don't think I would I've ever gone through a period in my life where I've not had one or two breakouts on my face like I can't recall a time where it's been completely clear of you know a clogged pore or something like that and generally sort of I believe that acne is sort of managed never cleared so I could go through um you know some hormonal fluctuations or stress and my skin will show it straight away and it kind of runs in my family as well my sister had really really severe acne um she's been on Roaccutane twice and my sister has really severe eczema so maybe there's some sort of genetic um disposition for inflammatory diseases I, I'm not sure but yeah at that age kind of my skincare routine literally would consist of I think I used to scrub twice a day um which I cringe at now it was like a St Ives knockoff <laughs> and then I use like um so I would double cleanse though I would have a makeup wipe and then a scrub at night to be fair um but I think that was because I wore so much makeup I had no choice but to use like you know double cleanse um and then I would use like a dipper base moisturizer which is prescribed for eczema so I'm not really sure why I use that as a moisturizer um considering I have very oily skin but it 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 worked, I suppose. And then that was the era of using like toothpaste and pseudocreme on your spots. Um, so yeah, at that age, it, awful routine. Um, and just, I think as a teenager, you feel more inclined to cover it than you do to treat the problem, especially like if you don't have access to like money to buy skincare and things like that. So yeah, for me, it's it's been ever since I was 11 and 12 and it just sort of flares up at certain points in my life. Even now, like, I could I could still flare up. Um, so have I got a handle on it? Yes, but, you know, it, it's uh, another flare-up could be right around the corner and I think that's where skincare has been amazing for me to kind of um, understand skin and, and not sort of feed into that almost like, innate desire to just try and scrub it off or you know use really harsh products um so yeah I, I wouldn't have got into skincare had it not been for for my struggle with acne and it, like I'm sure you both know the effect that it can have on your self-esteem and your confidence and it it can really dictate whether you have a good or bad day 
there's been many times where I've, you know, not gone to social events or something like that just because of how I felt about my skin. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what you're saying makes rings very true to me and I'm sure Gemma as well. Um, and and I also like to say my skin is 95% clear. And there's always, especially women who, you know, we deal with hormonal changes monthly. Um, it's 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 normal, you know, and it's not something to be ashamed of if you have a breakout or you have something on your skin that you don't feel good about. Um, it's actually quite normal, uh, even after, you know, uh, teenage years to, to deal with things like acne. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll tell you a bit about my journey as well. Um, I, similar to you, Natalie, I also am someone who struggled with skin conditions throughout my life. And it started as I was very young. Uh, as a child, I visited the dermatologist office all the time uh, with things like eczema, weird rashes. Um, uh, it, I was always that kid with really chapped lips and, you know, just skin conditions and um, transitioned into acne when I became a teenager. Also tried to cover it up. And I felt at the time uh, so many of your friends are dealing with acne it mentally was not the best feeling, but I found it much more difficult actually dealing with acne as an adult because people by that time expect you to know about skincare and have like a handle on your skin and, and have it all figured out. So um, when I turned 21, my skin just completely flared up out of the blue. It started as a rash and then it just became full-blown acne, different types of acne. And same as you guys, I... I I didn't know what to do and no one teaches you about this in, in school or in life. So it's a lot of trial and error before you actually find what works for you. And I've also learned that, you know, punishing the skin um, and, and treating it with, you know, like you said, um, scrubs twice a day is, is overkill. It's way too much and you need to treat the skin really gently and, and not, not try to punish it. Um, so on, on that note, I am very interested to know what are some products or treatments that did not work for you or maybe even philosophies. Um, what was your uh, experience like? Well, I think it's really interesting you use the phrase punishing the skin. I mean, actually linking back to what Natalie said and definitely what I'm just about to tell you, that is definitely my experience of how I used to handle it because, I just think there wasn't actually any skincare education that was publicized and it was very much led by like the big brands marketing so you know I being a teenager uh, so probably started experiencing skin concerns from about the age of 12 so we're talking sort of like late 90s here so it was very much the era of uh, like manual scrubs so as Natalie sort of said like you know the standard apricot scrubs that everyone's aware of um, there was a brand called something, I think it was called like Oxy Action, and they used to do little um, like pads that you could wipe your face with. Um, but they were just full of alcohol. I don't even, I dread to think what the other ingredients were, but like real like astringent ingredients. And also, I guess maybe even sort of subsequent to that, I would always use any product that I fancied, regardless of whether it had like fragrance or essential oils in and it was only like a much later date when I started to learn about ingredients and 
uh, learn about my skin type in relation to ingredients um, that I've generally veer towards fragrance-free products. You know, there are some products that I use that do have fragrance or essential oils in, but they would mainly be like rinse-off products like cleansers. And I think until I tried that, I didn't really realise the power of how um, healing that could be as well. Um, so, I mean, there's been loads of errors in the past, even if we're talking about real, like, guilty confessions of things that we've done that have just been awful for our skin. Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't judge me too much. Um, I didn't actually use to moisturise because my skin was so oily. And I was like, oh, I don't need extra moisture. Yes. Um, and obviously, that was the worst thing I could do because then I just had really dehydrated skin that was producing more oil to compensate. So it was a real vicious cycle. Um, but obviously, we can laugh about all this in hindsight. But I guess as you're growing up, um, I mean, to be honest, I don't really judge my younger self because I think the skincare markets evolved massively. Like, obviously, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, whatever. Um, nobody had any sort of educational concept on different skincare ingredients or routines that might work well for you but I think we were all done a bit of a disservice really <laughs> because there just wasn't anything that was promoting like skin healing and you know as you mentioned like punishing the skin I think we've probably all got a similar philosophy now where it's very much about like nurturing the skin and like giving it a chance to actually heal itself and um, you know I still definitely believe in the power of some really great potent active ingredients but just understanding how to use them when to use them not overusing them um, and I guess none of that knowledge was just even available at the time um, so I just think we're in such a good place now where consumers are really interested in ingredients and there's a lot of different sort of avenues for them to understand and like gain that information from. Yeah there's definitely more transparency and also less um promoting that picture perfect flawless skin it of course it still is there but i think a lot of us are now also willing to show more more realistic um skin um but yeah natalie yeah. what are some maybe products or treatments or ingredients that didn't work for your skin bloody hell most of them <laughs> um <laughs> I genuinely, the list of things that I have sort of tried over the years, um, obviously toothpaste and pseudocreme did not work. Um, that was sort of my teen self. But sort of as I was getting into skincare, I, I feel like I tried every trend going. Um, so sort of like the Korean 12-step that just clogged my skin more. I kind of really respect and admire the... Um, focus on like hydration and repair and I think that is one of the key um key ways to make sure that if you are using something like um a prescription retinoid that your skin is supported during that and I think that'll make the process um of using that that active much easier um I've tried tretinoin and that was far too stimulating for my skin I have quite sensitive skin so it's trying to find that perfect balance of um being effective enough at targeting the breakouts but not being too stimulating but it's either uncomfortable to use or the general condition of my skin looks worse I would almost sometimes rather have a couple of blemishes than sort of have like red and, and dehydrated skin so tretinoin didn't work for me um epiduo which is um benzoyl peroxide and adapalene that was far too strong for my skin but it was really effective um 
azelaic acid prescription strength um didn't work for me other than with skin and me um my gosh there's so many things like a lot of the typical things that are used are just too too much for my skin so um I agree that it's sort of a philosophy of um it's not necessarily about not using certain ingredients but just um rather than using tretinoin maybe use a retinaldehyde um you know rather than using benzoyl peroxide use salicylic acid like just sort of for me it was um making more conscious decisions on gentler actives or products or a different mode of product um has been key um but yeah I, I feel like I've tried every trend going like the sort of you know I think I started out with like very essential oil heavy products and, and that caused like a perioral dermatitis flare-up I've tried the Korean method I've tried honestly I've, I feel like I've tried everything <laughs> and it's even if I use the same ingredients now, it's the fact that I've got a very consistent and supportive routine that works. You mentioned all these ingredients and I, again, have this, a very similar experience. I, I find sometimes the ingredient can really be effective, but what I ended up doing that didn't work is have a very like strong active ingredients in every step of my routine. So my cleanser would be, you know, acne targeted. Then I would also have an adapalene gel. Then I wouldn't moisturize because my skin was super oily. So why would I need to moisturize? Um, and on top of that, I also uh, have a fragrance sensitivity. So I got tested by my dermatologist once and he was like, you have to be really careful with fragrance. So, um, which I didn't know before. Um, but for me also a big thing was um, not cleansing properly. So whether that's double cleansing or just making sure that all your makeup comes off and you really properly cleanse the skin uh, is something that I wasn't really aware of, of doing or I didn't, I underestimated the importance of cleansing the skin properly. Um, so besides all of the things that you guys mentioned, same, most of those didn't work for me either. Um, but then it was super important to to make sure you always cleanse. And I will say all the DIY stuff also didn't work. So whether it's honey, manuka honey, I went out and bought like a jar of manuka honey, which is super expensive, but we put it on my face because it's antibacterial, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a lot of DIY mm, doesn't really work for me. And I think also that's why skincare exists, doesn't it? Because it's just more refined and elevated um, uh, and can really like help the skin properly um yeah i think some of those diy um recipes like that you find on pinterest or whatever some of them can be really dangerous actually like where they're like recommending that you use sugar and lemon to scrub your skin and it's just what nightmares are made of like i totally agree exactly the lemon yeah oh my gosh it's just um yeah, please stay away from DIY, um, <laughs> everyone. So now that we know this didn't work, do you guys have any products or ingredients or supplements or something that, that really did help your skin? Um, in terms of, I liked what you just said, uh, and I definitely pick up on that around like not necessarily having actives in every step of uh, your routine. So like, you know, I'm definitely, I definitely believe in the power of like some um active ingredients so like in our range for example our um, headline sort of mask is a glycolic and salicylic acid hybrid um but 
my sort of approach to skincare is almost having like calming and nourishing um, staple products within the skincare regime so that would be like your cleansers and then at the other side of the regime like the moisturizers so to really nourish and hydrate and calm the skin and give it that stability and then saving the actives for the more targeted uh, products so like your masks or your serums whatever um because actually your skin does change even as you mentioned before like even on like a monthly basis or even on a weekly basis or depending on if you're busy at work or if you're like not getting enough sleep or whatever like your skin does have different needs even though you might have an overall skin type uh, your actual skin needs might change on quite a regular basis so I kind of like to use those middle steps for where I'd use my actives and therefore I might actually change some of them depending on what my skin's sort of crying out for um but in general ingredients that I've really enjoyed using I guess you guys might go on this bandwagon as well but niacinamide has just been amazing um it's a really great all-rounder in terms of an ingredient in that it's got loads of different benefits um being sort of oily blemish prone zinc's also been really good um and then something that's been like maybe more recent in the past year or so is just like for me personally it's actually not necessarily considered a skincare ingredient but I've really got into probiotics um, and that's been incredible for helping sort of manage my hormones and you know there's a massive connection between the the gut and the skin and I've definitely seen that as I've also incorporated probiotics into my overall sort of wellness routine that's had a really great effect on my overall sort of skin health and the appearance of my skin and everything. So um, I definitely believe in like a sort of dual approach between great topical ingredients and a, a supportive, consistent routine alongside also trying to look at some of maybe like the root causes to what might be kind of causing some of the problems. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to talk about probiotics in a minute, but um, <laughs> for you, Natalie, what, what are some products that, um, did work for you or treatment supplements whatever it is I feel like we all have the same experience here <laughs> um, so in terms of supplements uh, probiotics um, really helped especially sort of at the time when it was a couple of years ago I was having a lot of gut issues um, like bloating and, and pain and things like that um, and at the time that definitely showed up on my skin. So I noticed a massive improvement with probiotics. I also noticed um, a really good effect from zinc, especially with the oil on my skin, my oil production. I noticed that that definitely lessened when I took zinc. I've, I've tried a lot of diet restrictions, but I kind of don't follow that anymore just because I want to, you know, enjoy life. Um, but of course, there's a link with dairy for some people. Um, in terms of products, again, I absolutely love niacinamide. My skin can be quite um, finicky with niacinamide. Um, I can't really use it in high percentages, like 10%, but 5% is incredible for my skin, just overall sort of barrier health and brightening. Um, I really like glyconated azelaic acid. Um, and we have that in our pigmentation corrector serum. We, we use those two ingredients together. And that product is just so good for for not just pigmentation but breakouts and not in a sense of like you're not going to see the same results as you would with like a retinoid but it just helps your skin to behave 
Um, so that product has, has changed my life. I cannot be without it now. Um, Adapalene I've also had um, really good results with, um, but I sort of have to be quite um, conservative with how I use it. So my philosophy now is generally I'll only use one active um, in my routine, whether that's one active a night or one active a day, or even if I'm just, you know, I won't um, use any other active for like, you know, a three, four month period and just sort of focus on that. And I think that consistency has been absolutely crucial for me. Um, and especially at the beginning of my journey, I was so like enthralled with all these different products and I used to buy so many different products every week, trying different things and that sort of chop and changing just had a really bad effect on my skin. So I actually think that the, the most impactful for me has been just consistently sticking um, to our to our routine, nurturing the skin with you know barrier repairing ingredients, be it, be it ceramides um, or peptides or amino acids. Um, that philosophy has definitely worked really well for me. Yeah, um, again, can relate to everything you're saying. Uh, for me, I have to mention the probiotics as well because I think um, there's such a big connection between like Gemma said, between the gut and our skin. And there's more research coming out uh, every year, I think, on this topic, because um, when you deal with acne, very often it's your body that tries to tell you something. If you're someone that has digestive problems or is bloated very often or can't, you know, tolerate a lot of foods and you have acne, I would definitely look into probiotics. Um you just have to be careful that you use a good quality probiotic because I also think there's not they're not all the same. So so make sure you do your research and you you buy like a good quality one. Then other than that, I think hydration has really been the key to my skin uh, looking like healthy and and more plump and and um, I think Natalie also mentioned this about hydration. It's super important for the skin. Uh, to function optimally so whether that's like from glycerin or just hydrating serums um, uh, I think that really has helped me and then I also have to say um, oils oils can really uh, help repair the skin and again feed your skin barrier and be that nourishment that the skin needs there is this conception out there that all oils are going to be clogging and heavy and and it's really not the case and I think um, all three of us, we use face oils and it's about finding the right facial oil for your skin. And there's so many out there, out there that are not clogging to the skin. Um, and we see so many customers and we get so many reviews, uh, on our facial oil. Uh, and I think people are always pleasantly surprised because they think, no, an oil's just going to make me greasy. What's the purpose of an oil? And then they try it and then they're always, like, wow, this can really, this really helped my skin. But switching gears a little bit, because this podcast is all about hearing the story behind the story, and we are all, you know, independent skincare brand owners. What um, are some of the biggest learning lessons or hurdles you overcame that you can share with the audience? Because I'm sure a lot of people are maybe in the same boat as us, they're small brand founders, or they want to be brand founders. So uh, is there anything, uh, yeah, Gemma, that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, obviously my background was within the beauty industry prior. So I was a 
uh, senior beauty buyer for over about 10 years. So from that point of view, I kind of had a bit of a network. Um, I, I sort of knew how to develop products. You know, there's a lot of sort of the technical aspects of being a beauty brand founder that I just thought would be, you know, fairly straightforward that I already had the expertise for. And, you know, a lot of that is true. Actually, something that I'd never anticipated um, is the mindset aspect of it, um, especially for me personally, like going from a corporate job in a big office, part of a massive team um, and a big team um, sort of within my category that I could work with and we'd work on like, you know, strategy and everything together. Um, I, I guess one of the biggest step changes for me moving from that environment to then being a, an entrepreneur and a self-funded entrepreneur is that it was actually quite lonely initially. Um, so going from a big buzzy office to then being a team of one, um, no one to bounce ideas off of. Um, I think definitely like since starting Lunaire, a big part of my learning curve has been around like having the right mindset to adapt to that. Um, because there's loads of like the technical aspects of the job, you know, running a brand or running a business, anyone that does it will know that a lot of your day is, uh, focused on like troubleshooting problems because there's you know there's always lots of behind the scenes issues that come up and actually a lot of that's fairly straightforward but a, a, you know a big part for me was the whole mindset piece around um, how to stay motivated and engaged when it is just sort of a team of one um, and me personally I'm quite um, an extrovert so I do get my energy from other people um, and I've always valued like being a part of a team and I think it can really be great at generating sort of ideas and like uh, inspiration and everything so kind of like reevaluating how I do that when I don't have colleagues necessarily but I think obviously the positives are just so rewarding and like they really outweigh any of the sort of downsides um, and like connecting directly with consumers and I think especially like listening to all of our journeys I think we sound like we've all had a really similar um journey of how we've got to become brand owners and it's all been based on like our own personal experiences I think the biggest reward for me is when I get dms or feedback from people and they're like honestly you know this product's been incredible for my skin or you know the advice that you've given me has really helped me change the way I'm doing things and I've started to notice a difference like those are the aspects that just make it amazing because actually that's basically why I started the brand um, because I just kind of wanted to share the knowledge and sort of share the expertise that I'd built up through my own hard lessons um, and a long, you know, sort of took a long time to get there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's loads of upsides. There's a lot more than that. But I, I guess that, that's been the key challenge. And then I guess the key upside for me. Yeah, no, I can definitely um, relate again, yet again. And so Natalie, <laughs> what, what what was your uh, biggest learning lesson or hurdle that you overcame? God, there's like, there's so many, isn't there? Like every yeah. day that there is something new. Um, and I, I went into this with no experience in the beauty industry and no corporate experience either. You know, I, I was fresh out of uni at 21. So one of the hardest things has been sort of for so many it's such a multifaceted industry. Um, you know, there's a creative element where be it marketing or product development, um, you know, social media, and then there's the logistics and, and the the operations. And when you're self-funded and you, you're sort of doing it on your own, you know, you haven't got a team, 
it is very, very difficult to juggle everything. Um, and I have ADHD, so it's it can be really, really difficult to sort of stay on top of things and time management and things like that. And um, I think the hardest thing sometimes is to admit to yourself if you're struggling or if you need help on something like for me especially like I, I hate asking for help I always have um but there's there's no shame in it and I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've had is that you I won't know the answer to everything um there's always someone who is is more well equipped and for me it's um it's about finding the right people to sort of execute my vision I don't always have to be the one to execute it and sort of have control like I'm sure you two are the same that it's your brand is your baby um and sort of you feel like you want to do everything you want to answer the customer service emails you want to do the social media because you want to make sure that everything that is put out is is your message the heart of the brand is you so that's definitely one of the biggest lessons for me is just sort of accepting that it's okay to not be good at everything it's okay to ask for help um and there's no shame in that at all and everyone is going to make mistakes along the way there's no there's no rule book there's no guidebook to, to do this sort of entrepreneurship to build a beauty brand um and so I think just have grace and yeah for me in a sort of similar vein I find it really hard to um, constantly have to strategize about the next step. So what is the best way forward? How do I get to where I want to get to? And what steps do I need to take to get there? And I've realized that what works now will not work in a few months time or what worked six months ago. I'm now in a different position or different, the, the business in, is in a different place. So I now need to think um, ahead. So constantly thinking ahead um, and also with that, never not being able to think about it. So the work-life balance is, is just non-existent. And um, I think for me, that's, that's one of the uh, biggest hurdles kind of to overcome. Um, but on the flip side, like Java said, and I'm sure it's the same for you, Natalie, it is all worth it in the end. And um, I think we do what we do because we have such like pure intentions in a way. And, and we really have a purpose. And because we went through a certain a similar situation ourselves, you kind of experience the problem and want to make others feel good about their skin again as well. So it's all worth it in the end, I guess. Um, <laughs> but then what would be your biggest advice to other aspiring skincare brand owners? Um, I guess just some real talk here. Uh, one piece of advice from me would be however much time and investment or money you think you need to either start or keep a brand going, just double or triple it because it's it just... Uh, you know it's a lot more resource heavy than you would ever imagine um, both in terms of like your time your mind space and obviously kind of the financial aspect of it I guess one piece of advice for me in terms of um, like that whole mindset piece that I was talking about about it being lonely and everything like definitely and, and just picking off what Natalie said as well like definitely don't be afraid to ask for help like for me um even just building connections within the beauty industry, like, the, you know, the fact that even us three are collaborating on a podcast and then obviously something else that we're about to excitingly reveal in a minute, I think it just shows the the power of um, 
what you know the good things that can happen when you sort of collaborate with people and come together and I've definitely I think the beauty industry is incredible in that it's a really supportive network and um, generally people are really willing to help you you know even if technically you might be classed as competitors um, you know I have so many friends and sort of wider I you know class people as like colleagues I guess in a way that people I've just met over Instagram um, and you know I think people are generally really supportive and want to see you succeed and I think that's such a nice community to be a part of yeah yeah that's that's really good advice um and for you Natalie I mean I'd like to piggyback off that because that is great advice um because I, I think comparison is totally the thief of joy and um like you say sort of considering people as colleagues in the wider scale like you know fellow entrepreneurs it is such a good support system because it, it can feel very lonely um, and sort of people to understand and empathise with the sort of situation that you're in and the, the problems that you might have. Um, but generally, the biggest advice, I think, is to just enjoy it. Um, I spent so much time sort of so stressed with, like, scaling up or, um, you know, with Brexit and things like that. Like, it can be so stressful, but at the same time, I am doing something that is like a, a genuine dream come true um and sort of have that that daily gratitude I think really helps when things get hard um and it helps you sort of continue to um remember and also sort of um enact your vision for the brand Mm, yeah that's such good advice and um I'm gonna give a little bit different advice basically I think that you have to really do your research and take your time, especially in the beginning, to conceptualize, to think about where you want to go with your brand, um, even a few years down the line. Um, because once you're in, it's almost like sink or swim. It's, it's, it is a business at the end of the day, and the, the skincare market is quite saturated. So um, take really time to to develop the formulations. Make sure they're as good as you can get them. Make sure you're really happy with the branding. Um, and uh, even if that means you need to launch a few months later on, I think it will help you in the long run. Because again, when when the website is live and when you know you you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into something. Um, it really only is just the beginning. And if everything from the get-go is kind of as good as it can be, you know, at that point in time, then um, I think you're setting yourself up for success. So make sure you take your time, do your research, have a good understanding of what you're getting into, and then take the leap of faith and go for it. So uh, should we tell everyone about our collaboration? I think um, maybe Gemma, do you want to want to talk to the audience about what we have in store for everyone? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so basically, we have collaborated on three different product edits. Um, so it's our three brands. So it's Monday Muse, which is obviously Loon's brand, uh, Lunea, which is my brand, and then Deviant Skincare, which is Natalie's brand. And I think, you know, just going back to what we were saying around, um, like, supporting each other in the industry, we've obviously been talking offline and we've got a lot of mutual respect for each other. I think we've all been on a similar journey 
with our skin journeys and that sort of manifested itself in us all creating our own brands and um, obviously with Acne Awareness Month uh, being this June that's obviously every year but with it coming up we kind of just thought it'd be incredible for us to harness the power of our three different brands and pull it together in a couple of edits that uh, our customers can enjoy using so we've created three different edits um, I'll talk you through them really briefly um, so we've got the cleanse and hydrate edit um, which is basically a bit of a homage to what Loon was saying previously about the power of actually cleansing your skin properly and just how transformative that can be with your skin journey. So we all know that cleanse hydrated skin is the foundation to your skin wellness. Um, so this bundle is incredible. So it's um, basically going to be like a, a double cleanse. So you have the Deviant Skincare Cleansing Concentrate in there, an iconic product. And if anyone's not tried it, they need to. Um, followed by the Monday Muse, the cleanser, which is a personal favourite of mine. Well done, Loon. You've absolutely nailed that one. Um, and then following up with our Lunea Drenched Dew uh, New Face Mist, which has just launched recently. Um, so that's the first I edit. bloody love that mist. It is so good. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> oh, to say, which is a, a really, really good on oh, the, the the application of it. It's just so oh, refreshing. I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I feel like we, you know, especially listening to this podcast, we've definitely all had a similar journey and we've got a similar outlook to, you know, how we would manage um, our skin and therefore, I guess, a, a sort of product formulation. So, you know, all of these three edits are really complementary and we've really thought really clearly and we've got our three different opinions on how we could create three bundles that were going to be really beneficial for everyone. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is called the Icons Edit. So this is basically, we've looked at our portfolio of products and we've we've hand-selected the three bestsellers from each of our range. Um, so for Linnea, it's the Radiance Ritual Treatment Mask. Um, for Monday Muse, it's the Juice Serum, which is just beautiful. And then for Deviant, we've got the Cleansing Concentrate in there, which we've just talked about, and that's incredible. So... That's the second one. Um, and then the, the final edit is called the Clarity Edit. So they're sort of stepping up in terms of number of products in there. So this is this is the one to go for if you're either really into skincare or you want to build a complete regime from scratch because we've really thrown everything at this one, haven't we, ladies? Um, yeah. So this one has got in, I think it's got seven products in there. So we've got the Linnea Radiance Ritual uh, we've got double cleanse with the Deviant Skincare Enzymatic Cleansing Oil alongside the Monday Muse The Cleanser. Uh, we've then got a gorgeous exfoliator in there. So we've got the uh, gentle resurfacing liquid from Deviant Skincare, a bit of hydration with the Linnea Drenched Dew Mist and the Monday Muse The Juice Serum. And then we've also added in an SPF, which is Thank You Pharma, um, which is the Sun Project SPF 50. Um, the only thing you would need to add to that, just to uh, just for full transparency, is you would obviously need to add in a moisturiser, because we all know gone are the days of not moisturising, because we're, we're all a lot more educated these days, and we know that we need to do that, um, but none of us three brands currently have a moisturiser, so you would still have to add that one in, but that's totally fine. Um, so basically, these bundles are going to be available from Monday the 6th of June, 
and they're going to be on pre-order until midnight on Thursday the 9th of June so it's a really time limited opportunity <laughs> um, and they're going to be hosted on Lunea's website so that's lunea.com which is L-U-N-E-I-A uh, and then orders will be dispatched the following week so week commencing the 13th of June um, and I think that's it really and obviously one thing that's even more exciting than what the products contain is that they're all going to be offered at a really great uh, price point so they're all going to have between 20 and 30 percent off in terms of um, a discount for you all so hopefully that sounds incredible we're all very very excited uh, I'm super excited about this uh, collaboration I think it's so unique and nice to be able to like you both said collaborate and um, also it does really come at a great price We've never done discounts like this before, and it's really a unique kind of opportunity. And also, you know, to almost celebrate Acne Awareness Month and and to to give back and and to shed light on acne and 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 show that it's okay if you deal with blemishes. You know, there are products here that you can use, and um, we've all dealt with acne and still deal with uh, blemishes to this day. And and so, um, yeah, I think it's a it's a great collaboration. Yes, I'm super excited about this. Um, I've loved both of your brands for such a long time, you know, that I've purchased and, and just love the products. So it feels amazing to sort of collaborate with two other female indie founders as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for people to see the offerings. Um, I think they're really going to enjoy them. Well, thank you guys so much for, for coming on the podcast and having this wonderful conversation. Where can everyone find you and keep up with you? Well, thank you for having us. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and it's just incredible to see how similar our journeys have been, actually. Uh, we're at lunea.com or on Instagram, we're lunea, which is just at L-U-N-E-I-A. Uh, we're also on TikTok, but I've, you know, I've got to be honest, we've definitely not cracked that platform yet. So that's lunea underscore. Um, so those are the places that you can find us. Um, you can find us at deviantskincare.com as well as um, Deviant Skincare on Instagram. We don't yet have TikTok. We're on TikTok uh, at Monday Muse and then on Instagram at Monday Muse Skin and on our website, mondaymuseskin.com. So yeah, thank you guys so much. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Beauty Muse Podcast. 